Charles and I am the CEO of SPC Business Consulting where we do all things government contract and today we are going to talk about sole source gone bad or gone rogue uh, in North Carolina but before we do that I want to do a couple of housekeeping things just kind of let you know where to find us. Uh, we are on LinkedIn. You can search either Leona Charles, SPC Business Consulting, or Adventures in Contracting on LinkedIn. Um, you can find us on TikTok at SPC Business Consulting. We are also on Instagram at Adventures in Contracting. Um, you can check out our website at uh, spcconsulting.org. Or you can just shoot us an email at info at spcconsulting.org if you have a question or something that you'd like for us to cover. So now back to this case. This is a really interesting case, um, and it also kind of a little bit makes your blood boil um, as a taxpayer and as a professional because this was just um, a crazy disregarding of any process that's in place. So here's the problem. Two years ago, North Carolina lawmakers approved a $1.5 million contract for an educational pilot program called My Scholar using the Scholar Path program. So now my understanding of this program is that it allows high school seniors to connect to post high school opportunities, whether that's college, the military, or seeking a job from employers. So employers are also allowed to join on this um, platform and reach out and set up interviews and hire high school students if they're not looking to go directly to college. Um, so, so first of all, sounds good, right? Right off the bat, it sounds good. What the issue is, is that this is my scholars first statewide contract. So some they have some other school systems in other states, but technically there's no past performance for a statewide implementation of their system, which should be a requirement for a $1.5 million award. Um, the contract was paid in full before the end of the period of, of performance. So now when you're dealing with public money, there is a term that is called anti-deficiency. And what anti-deficiency means is you can't pay for services before they've been provided. So for instance, you can't have someone come in and work for uh, one month and bill you for three. Like they have to work all three months and then bill you retroactively for them or they have to bill you at, at the end of the month when the work is complete. But if they bill you and you pay them before the work is done, you are anti-deficient. Uh, my scholar has also not been able to protect the PII, the student information, and the data that the system relies on to work. So this is an issue on not only the state front, but on the federal front, because you're dealing with minorities, or minorities, I'm sorry, you're dealing with minors, and you're dealing also um, with private information. And there are privacy laws that are kind of staggered at a state, a local, and a, fed, a federal level that you're now dealing with. And if this system does not properly protect that information, that, that's an issue on all, all of those levels. The other thing is that their latest budget, so their budget coming forward to 2024, has reserved another $5 million for a contract that hasn't been delivered on as of yet. So all in all, we're looking at $6.5 million for a company that has not provided um, the contracted services 
as of yet, but they have $6.5 million. So I think that's kind of where everybody is, is up in arms. Um, another issue is that the agency that oversees contracts for the school, the school districts was never included in this procurement. So nobody reached out to them. They had no idea this contract was even being solicited. Um, they didn't have any idea that the, that a proposal was being evaluated and they certainly had no idea that a, a contract was awarded. Now, the issue with this is that because this is a larger procurement, it had to have been approved prior to the solicitation being posted and the solicitation was supposed to have been posted on the official procurement system that the school the school board use or the school system uses uh, and they were supposed to provide approval prior to the contract being awarded and because they had no knowledge that this contract was even being um, solicited they provided approval for neither the solicitation being posted to the public or the award being given to um, my scholar in March of 2023, the trial run for the Scholar Path program showed very different numbers than what my scholar reported to the school districts. Um, another issue is that there is no rollout date for the program. So again, we're going back to kind of anti-deficiency. You've paid in full, right? And you've allocated an extra $5 million, but we don't know what the period of performance is gonna be for this contract. We don't know when it's going to be implemented and we don't know when it's going to be done, but we've, we've already paid for services that you're now telling us we don't know when it's going to happen. They have also repeatedly had delays in reaching their, their contractual benchmarks. They are also no longer working with the Missouri, the Missouri school system. So remember I said that they have um, a few kind of, uh, a few scattered uh, school systems in other states that they're working with, they're no longer working with those. So we no longer have the past performance. And apparently the feedback is mixed. So it hasn't been, you know what, it, they've only worked a few, but they've been great. That's not the feedback we're getting. The feedback that's being reported is kind of a mixed bag of maybe some were good and some were not. So that doesn't bode well as well. The last one is that the company now apparently also has an MOU with 115 North Carolina public charter school groups. Now, it's not unusual for a company to have an MOU with, the, with an agency, but MOUs are typically used for grants and this is a contract. So those are two very different vehicles. Um, and MOUs you typically will see from one one state agency to the next for like the school and and uh, maybe uh, one of the the universities or a university and a hospital. You typically see those types of public entities using MOUs. It, like I said, it's not it's not unheard of that a vendor would have an MOU, but typically they're used with with grant funds as opposed to contracts which are used with public funds. So. What does my scholar, what's their response to kind of all of these things that are being thrown at them? Well, their response is that the North Carolina public school staff is slow walking the requirements. So every time they send like a data requirement or they send a program requirement that we need to install this technology, we, have, we need to have this there to pull the data, that 
they're alleging that the staff is slow walking those requirements kind of to force them to fail. They're also saying that, that if that they could just pull the data directly and not have to interface with the school systems, the program would have been up and running a long time ago. So there's the biggest issue with that is I hear you, but you couldn't protect the data when the school systems technology was the middleman. And now you want us to trust you with data directly when you had to go through the school system and go through the school system security, you weren't able to guarantee the safety of the information you're getting. So how is how will the information be more secure if you pull it directly? I think is the question that most people will have. And it's certainly a question that that I would have and I would I would ask. Um I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but it certainly is a question I would have. So North Carolina procurement has three purchasing thresholds. And and just for the purpose of, of this episode of the podcast, um, I, I did some generalities because in North Carolina, every particular agency has an individual and a specific threshold. So because I, I do not know which school districts are, are using this program and which school districts are not. I could not give you an accurate kind of range of the threshold. So what I did is just kind of a generalized threshold just so you could see the differences and what the procurement level should be. So there was three of them. The small purchase procurement threshold is $25,000 or less. This is the area where they only need kind of like verbal quotes. They only need one. Um, It doesn't have to be written. It's not terribly competitive, right? Uh, second stage is informal, which is, I, I have said again, for the purpose of this podcast, $25,000 to a hundred thousand dollars, because that's typically what you will see. It's like a middle tier, uh, procurement area. And for this, they, they need to get three competitive written quotes and they are supposed to have a written process for how they, they, they do these. The final, the final, um, category would be formal procurements. And now for these, I have put these at above $100,000. It's less than the simplified acquisition threshold if you're federal, but just for all intents and purposes, for just discussion purposes, I've put it at above 100K. Um, So at this level, they would be expected to do the formal process, which means that they should have gotten approval from their procurement agency to put the solicitation out on their system, on their e-system. Um, once it was out there, they would have been required to have a pre-bid meeting. They would have been required to have technical specifications and an evaluation criteria. They would have been required to receive proposals. They would have been required to evaluate a po- uh, proposals according to those uh, evaluation criteria that they that they put in the solicitation. And they would have been required to receive approval from the procurement agency before um selecting and awarding that 100 and paying that 1.5 million dollars um all of this information i'll go ahead and and kind of post in the uh in in the bio of of the video or i don't know if it's called the bio i'm sorry i'm showing my age here but i'll post it kind of in the the narrative section so that you can have access to all of these things Um, The issue here for me that I see the big issues are one are the anti-deficiency. You can't pay for something that hasn't happened. And they've done that not once, but twice. Um, Also, the lack of accountability for rollout. Um, 
the lack of of knowledge of the period of performance even i don't understand how you can have a formal contract and you don't know when it ends that to me just like defies reasons and it it also makes no sense just because of the procurement rules you have budgets right and and their budget um depending some some budgets will go for two years some will go for one year whatever whatever it is this is a contract that is supposed to have a finite end date and if that end date is outside of the the determined budgetary period you got to go back and get more money and that's a whole process so it, it it defies reason that you would not have a end date because how how, how do you do the accounting for it? like how do you manage the funds for it that that that's very confusing to me and i'm not really sure how that works now now to be fair, there are plenty of contracts that cross that cross um, budgets. Plenty, plenty of, of contracts do that. They go from one fiscal year to the next fiscal year. They kind of they stretch out. That happens all the time. That is not that's not crazy. That's not people doing it wrong. That it happens. That that is something that happens in contracts. But what doesn't happen is an indefinite con well. That's not really true because there are a kind of indefinite quantity and indefinite time. But anyways, um, ideally, unless it's an IDIQ, right? What doesn't happen is an, like a just a, a indefinite time period of performance. Most contracts, especially if they're using federal funds, they're only allowed to have five years. They're not allowed to go any longer than five years. So they've already paid for this. 1.5 million. They've not gotten anything for it. They've allocated a further 5 million. So we've got 6.5 million dollars now that we're paying. That and I say we, I'm not North I'm not North Carolina. I'm not a North Carolina resident, but I'm just going to say we in solidarity with them. So we've got 6.5 million that we're paying. We've got nothing to show for it. We're anti-deficient. They're not meeting milestones. We don't know what the milestones are. We don't know anything about this contract. What we do know is that my scholar spoke directly with North Carolina legislators, right? The legislators awarded this contract. The legislators did not talk to the procuring agency. The legislators did not talk to the school districts. They did not talk to the administrators. They didn't talk to any technical experts. The legislators made the decision to get this. They didn't develop a technical specs that that address a problem. They didn't do an acquisition um, plan to purchase this. None of the things that typically happen in procurement to decide how you're going to buy something occurred. So we don't know if that $1.5 million was great or if that $1.5 million was completely overspent. I mean, as a, as a Monday, Monday uh, quarterback, it looks overspent, right? Because we don't have anything to show for it. Um, but it, playing the devil's advocate, it could have been when they submitted their proposal that they had a million bells and whistles and these bells and whistles justified the $1.5 million. But because everything was done in the dark and it didn't go through the proper process for a sole source, we don't know anything about it. The contract, nobody's seen. And apparently, and if you have a copy of the contract, I'd love to see it. But apparently, the the contract is it just has minimal information. So there's 
really no detail as to why it needed to go to this particular company with very limited past performance. Um, there's no kind of best value analysis that kind of that will shed some light on why the 1.5 million dollars was appropriate. There's no uh, ju- there's no justification and um, there's no justification right up that says why it needed to go to this company. So we don't know if it was proprietary. We don't know if it's because they're the only one that offers this system. Like, we don't know any of the normal things that would make something sole source. And, and those things are typically that it's a proprietary system or software. They're the only one in the geographic region that can do it. Um, or they're the only one in the geographic reason, region that can service the system. Um, they're the only people that have the technical expertise to do it. You know, things of that nature. Like there has to be a reason why they are the only one that can get this contract. And the legislators kind of completely um, usurped the, the procurement process by just deciding unilaterally, we're going to give them this contract. It's going to be for $1.5 million. Like there was no analysis done whether or not that this is a responsible spending of public funds. What, what are we getting for this money? What, what are, when are we going to get it? What are we expecting? Those questions cannot be answered. And to, to delegate a further $5 million when the first $1.5 wasn't spent responsibly, in, in, my, in my view, it defies reason. And I think that's kind of why everyone is up in arms. Like I said, this has been a very, this is a very interesting case. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where they're going to take this. I don't know if they're going to try to um, stop this procurement. Um, I don't know if they're going to try to, you know, kind of terminate it for convenience. I don't know what they're going to do. I, if, if, if I were giving advice, I would definitely say they're late. They haven't been, uh, met their marks. They haven't been able to secure um, the information needed for the system to work. They've been kicked out of or their working relationships with other districts to 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 be professional has been dissolved. Um, And they've reported false information to us. I think that is enough to do a a T for C or a termination for convenience. And I would start there and then I would start the bidding process properly. You can terminate it and then go back to the drawing board, do the technical specs do the evaluation criteria, you know, get some actual competition and see if there are other comparable systems out there and rebid it and, and see what happens. That's that's the way that I would approach this because the money has been spent. So let's try to recruit some of that money, right? Which is, I don't know how they will do that after having spent, you know, the spend all of the money before getting anything. But I would think that you would at least try to just terminate the contract for convenience, try to claw back some of that money, rebid it, get some actual um, vendors in there that can give you some some competition and you can have an actual analysis of the system and, and, and potentially what systems like this could do for the seniors in the school district. Um, I'd love to hear your comments. I'd love to hear any, if anybody has any additional information, I'd love to hear it. Um, I'll also link to the original article where I found this, which is, um, please go look at it and read it. It was very, very well written, very well done. Um, And I will keep you posted as to how this progresses and, and what shows up. All right. Thanks for hanging out with me.